Hello, welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick in the uh, temporary absence of Adam Wilborn, and I'm joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamlet to preview everything that's going to happen. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of what's going to happen on tonight's episode of Raw, for which there's very little to read. The Raw roster, what's going to happen? <laughs> but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage. We review all pay-per-views. We hold wrestling interviews. We conduct wrestling roundtable discussions and host a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamlet, is it Friday yet? <laughs> Aye, it is indeed. Um... CM Punk week in the world of wrestling. So where better place to start than Monday Night Raw? The place that 10 years ago he explained in massive, glorious detail what was wrong with it. And then nothing got fixed to such an extent that a new company existed for him to go to instead of coming back to this one. But, you know, maybe Goldberg's going to win a bit. <laughs> I mean, there's three things advertised. If I can be asked in about 15 minutes, I'll go, what next for Nikki ASH? But <laughs> from the sounds of the live event reports, it's getting booed. So that just might end it on a bit of a somber note. But uh, should we go through the three things quickly? Yeah, let's, let's do the three things. Quickly and efficiently. One uh, thing an hour. Three Iron Man matches on Raw tonight. And, uh, and uh, one of them is really funny, though. But we'll, 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 one, it, there are fans, I think, of what culture wrestling podcasts who listen to this uh, particular podcast with no intention whatsoever of, rest, uh, of watching the show. And uh, they'll be in for a treat. I promise I'm not making up the second thing we're going to talk about, but you will enjoy it because it's funny. So do stick around for that. Uh, the first bit, the only, the, the big headline attraction, if you like, that is advertised for WWE Raw tonight is, and they love these at the minute, there's one every single week across the show. It's a face-to-face -face confrontation between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. Uh, for those who haven't really been following along, I suppose recaps won't hurt, and it's fitting for the theme, uh, the subject of this podcast is a, is a recap. Goldberg and Bobby Lashley are going to have a match at SummerSlam for the WWE Heavyweight title. And this only uh, was only confirmed a couple of weeks ago because initially um, Lashley was dodging the challenge. But now he's got quite a bit of bluster behind him. He, as of last week's uh, Raw, said that after um, Goldberg speared MVP in the build, he didn't take too kindly to that. And he said to uh, Goldberg, you're not simply next, you are last. Uh, let's try and go see some conversation about this. Was that just a cool thing to say? Uh, generic heel threat will we get some kind of retirement stip what a silly question will lead goldberg for something this time next year when they fail to create new full-time stars yeah um you know they like a single syllable word to follow your when they've done your next because it's easy for video packages isn't it it's easy for editors to get something I, is it just me or have they sort of established i know lashley said no to the challenge but we all knew the match was on from the moment goldberg's name was you know, posited as the challenger. Have they, like, not realised they've not really dropped a hook for this match and we're about, like, a week away from SummerSlam? Um, I, I, can't, I can't work it out. So this is, you know, it's SummerSlam this Saturday. So this is the go-home segment for what ostensibly is their main event. We all know what the main event is. So, you know, 
you've got to be a bit generous with that but theoretically this is like raw's biggest offering and i it feels to me like they've forgotten a central premise so it's mvp had a bit of a go at gage goldberg bobby lashley said you last so I'm going to murder you. We've already got somebody threatening somebody with a murder weapon in another SummerSlam storyline. I'm very excited to get to. So it's not going to be that. Um, Goldberg, I guess, was kind of calling out Lashley for being a bit of a coward for not accepting the challenge. So he accepted the challenge. So that's that dealt with. Do, do you know what I'm getting at? They've I don't not, know what the storyline is. They've not established the premise. Okay. Yeah. Like, look at this. Look at these bodies. Look at these people. All right. Like... Do they know that that's literally all they can offer on the night? So they're not going to bother to try and sell something in the interim. Goldberg Drew was a mess on night one, but pretty sound after the fact. And that all the more contributed to the whole thing kind of making something of Drew as a result. I don't think they're anywhere near that with Lashley. And I don't feel like if they can't summon intensity in the build, I think it's, I think they're making a grand assumption about how much intensity they can summon on the night. And they might be like, like quite surprised at how little those 40,000 people care about any of this. I mean, it's a job to make them care on tonight's Raw. I mean, I missed a week when I was in Centre Parks and I didn't think I care enough about anything to go back <laughs> and watch it. Um, my understanding is that Goldberg confronted Lashley and laid down the challenge. Um, Lashley ooh, resisted it at some point. Um, MVP took the piss out of Goldberg's kid. Goldberg, in response, speared MVP. In response to that, Lashley's taken the match and said that he's last. Like, uh, what is it, man? It's it's. I don't know what the hell the story is. I don't care about it. Um, the last thing, I guess, if it wasn't some kind of generic cool thing our heel can say, I can't see them doing a retirement stip. They know better than to believe Goldberg if he says, oh, I want to put him over. He's the last one. Yeah, yeah, sure, Bill. You like the money. <laughs> uh, and they're not daft enough to... Well, that's the thing. It's so, so hard talking about this company. They could just say, all right, okay, it's your last match. And bring him back next year. The explanation. They don't care. Like the wrestlers don't care, the promotion wouldn't care to worry about like upholding that stipulation. The fans wouldn't care because they don't. They hate Goldberg a lot of the time, and they seemingly feel very little either way for Bobby Lashley in this feud. So I don't even think. It'd be quite funny if Goldberg said, "Oh yeah, I'll do two matches a year." Bill, we got this idea, mate. Um, you're gonna get booed at SummerSlam, so we're gonna put the bell on you. But then Big E's gonna cash in. He's like, Sounds like an extra match to me. I'll take another hundred grand. <laughs> and I love that. It's like another match. It's only going to take 10 seconds. How is that any longer than what I normally do? <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I got over. <laughs> so I'm, tr- I'm truthfully, like, stumped as to what they are going to say to really sell me on this match. I honestly wish, right, and this isn't going to happen, and we'll move swiftly on because, as you said, like, there's so little to this. I really hope they just come out and say, uh, look, this is going to go three minutes, and one of us is going to hit each other really hard, and then the other one is going to hit the other one harder, Enjoy it. It's going to get a pop. Well, that's it. Like, don't just that much these days around here, pops. You'll get a pop on a Saturday. They have failed so profoundly to show me anything. At this point, I'm willing for them to tell me when we come together in the middle of that ring, the universe is going to explode. Get ready. Like, that's just tell me it at this point because I haven't even felt that. The spear on MVP was pretty cool, but I haven't got this sense that, like, 
these two bulls are going to run at each other and the first one that blinks loses. And I, I can't figure out how they've missed. I'll say that for the Goldberg builds. You know, people can think what they want about his attitude towards all of this, what happened with The Fiend. I'm not going to say what he did to The Fiend, but what happened with The Fiend. Um, but the Brock programme shouldn't feel that long ago that it reminds us how they get these builds right at the very least. You know, I know he dropped The Undertaker on his on his heed and head off. Um, but, like, yeah, they're, they're normally the builds are full of all the, the piss and vinegar and it's the matches that end up being a bit of a letdown if Big Bill's got to go longer than two. So just, just tell us. Like, there's going to be just, like... Fireworks factory explosions in the middle of the ring because look at us both. Yeah, don't need a lot more. That's why I was petitioning at the start of this program. Put them in the little shorts like the combat athletes in on scale. Mm. The bodies yes. and have some threats back and forth. Man, oil and flexing. They've, I think they've realised sun stuff and MVP stuff and like they're trying to do this like TM storytelling. It's not bloody worked. Like just. Flexi bloody muscles. Uh, and again, maintaining the theme of pointless storytelling for storytelling's sake, I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> I don't even think that they've thought this through, this stipulation, but I promise you. Um, again, there are listeners to this podcast who probably don't even watch Raw and just listen to these podcasts as a means of just keeping up. Maybe like the lads. So what's happening is that Drew McIntyre is having um, a feud with Jinder Mahal, which started by Jinder Mahal expressing a little bit of uh, annoyance that Drew McIntyre wasn't really texting him back so often. Um, started to cut his uh, sword in half. And then there was like a bike. And it's mainly about the sword now. The bike stuff's finished. So it's mainly about the sword. It wasn't my sword! <laughs> It's a deep cut for any fans of the uh, British Bulldog versus Repo Man House Show Loop of 1992. It wasn't even my bloody sword, it was a replica. So what's up? Realistically, <laughs> I'm not lying. Always the British guys in the fake props, man. <laughs> what I'm getting at, and I'm not, I'm not I'm telling me lies, is that Jinder Mahal, with the assistance of his heaters, uh, Shanky and Veer, cut Drew McIntyre's sword in half. And an inanimate object, which we were later told, symbolizes Drew McIntyre's deep connection to his mother. So that's Sonic. It's it's Sonic, I guess. Um, Drew McIntyre, in the meantime, is like just absolutely killed one of the heaters with like forty chair shots to the back. Um, it's all sort of happened. I can't remember the orders of the events. I apologize. We've now ended up with the sword really meaning something because, again, it's symbolic of Drew's really um, close relationship with his like, genuinely IRL admirable mother. So the sword, or the sword, some of them are intent on pronouncing, I'm not making that up either, is the crux of this feud. So much so that tonight, ahead of Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam on Saturday, there will be a match to set the stipulations with huge SummerSlam implications. It will be... Drew McIntyre, tonight live on Raw, versus Shanky in Viet. There are two different stipulations, uh, permutations, if you like, that will inform the stipulation. If Shanky and Viet win this two-on-one handicap match, they are allowed to be at ringside. And obviously, <laughs> if they are at ringside, they can, if the referee's enough of an idiot, um, inform the, the outcome. That's why they want to be at ringside. So it's, it's important 
to establish why they want to be at ringside because under the parameters of the storyline, it makes sense that something is at ringside. Mm -hmm. Which leads us to the other permutation. If Drew McIntyre wins this two-on-one handicap match on Raw, at SummerSlam, he will allowed he will be allowed to have his sword by the ring. Does this mean he's gonna stab someone? That's it, man. Or does it mean he's gonna decapitate someone? How am I not asking this question? How am I not meant to ask this question? The stipulations of the match is that if Drew McIntyre wins his two-on-one handicap match on Raw at SummerSlam, he will be allowed to have his antique sword at ringside. Is it like the urn? <laughs> Does it give him powers? Will he, at a certain point in this match, if in fact the sword is allowed at ringside, will he get beaten down by Jinder Mahal? Will he look upon the sword at ringside, summon the strength of his mother, and use it to defeat the biggest failure of a WWE champion in its 50-year history? Like, Hamlet, if he's not going to decapitate or <laughs> puncture Jinder Mahal, what use is a sword at ringside? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. I uh, want to compliment you. The viewers, I say the listeners, aren't viewers, unlike me. We're recording this through a video chat. And uh, I want to comment, Michael said you were kind of fabulous metatextual gag there of at the point at which he went into the top gear of criticizing this abysmal writing, he dropped a pen that says New York. 
<laughs> Absolutely nailed that. Um, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna use a sword, like he's gonna hit them on the back with the flat bit of it, isn't he? You went, oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's gonna be class. That's just gonna happen. He's gonna because he can't <laughs> put his hand over the. He can't slice through his own hand like Triple H would with a sledgehammer. But like, I don't know, Veer can be on all fours or something. And oh no, because they can't be out there, can he? So it will be Jinder. Yeah, Jinder's gonna be on all fours, and he's gonna get the flat part of the sword and hit him flush across the back where he's braced for it. And at no point is he gonna think, hang on, if I just flip this ever so slightly. <laughs> I think I could do a bit more damage. And what could the referee do about it? Because I won a handicap match on Raw. Like, uh, it's it's a murder weapon. It is. He's fighting for the right to use a murder weapon. On When I was um, eight years old, I ran a storyline mimicking what WWE did with The Undertaker um, when he took several months off and he lost to Yokozuna. They put him in a casket and he was gone. And The Undertaker had never been flattened like this before. And I love the idea of that. So in my wrestling figures... Um, quite shocking for the time because you hate the Undertaker. Well, because I always hate the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. That, that goes all the way back. But yeah, the invisible crowd in my room watching the wrestling match was shocked when Warlord uh, shot the Undertaker with a gun from one of my other toys. They really? were even <laughs> shot, <laughs> shot, shot, <laughs> tied him in the ropes like you would do to Andre and shot him dead. So can, <laughs> can you imagine the pop from the invisible crowd at SummerSlam when the Undertaker returned? <laughs> Just like he did in real SummerSlam. <laughs> he fought his doppelganger. He came back to Warlord's shocked expression. I mean, I was just shocked that the boss man's nightstick even worked as a gun. But, he, you know, um, this is what they're pitching. They are pitching the insane concepts of an eight-year-old child that only has one hobby. And it's 2021 and this company is worth more money than it's ever been worth ever. He's allowed to take the sword. <laughs> but the thing is, they have an idea for this, surely. And you don't know what it is. It's a hook like, it's a hook. It's, what, it's, it's a hook like, he's going to get his eyeball removed. How rubbish is the CGI going to look? <laughs> it's actually a poop ball painted off. Get his own sword, because like we can't do this joke with Drew, but if only like Jinder had one and he could write that like David Brent style prose about it, and he's like, I held it in my hand, unsheathed, like a cock. <laughs> <laughs> like a cock. You can tell <laughs> his favourite ever line delivery as well. Yeah, this sword is going to play a role in the finish of this match at SummerSlam. Right across the back, like a kendo stick. <laughs> Just, your mum's a kendo stick, bro, I'm really sorry. What if... I'm done. We're going to talk about this more on the Raw review because that's when it's going to happen. What if Van, uh, Shanky and Veer like make their presence felt, even though they're not allowed after a ref bump? And McIntyre's got the sword at ringside, and when they come into the ring, McIntyre gets the sword, which is he's allowed to use at ringside. Is the referee still selling? Hence why Shanky and Veer are allowed to come out. He gets the sword, plunges it into the ring canvas, drags it along, and sends them straight to hell. <laughs> In a not bad accent, considering the usual. That's every day with Andy Murray, that, isn't it? It just sort of goes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or, or um, they're in Shanky win tonight. Angela's out the equation central premise for the whole story gone and it doesn't matter because his opponent is Jinder fucking Mahal and he beats him really easily in three and a half minutes 
in a really boring match that finally shuts people up all these years that were daring to pitch this as a WWE title match once upon a time. Oh, oh. Daring. Well, we're stable ones. Okay, I don't want to see X-Pac versus Albert either. <laughs> Mind if you bring in Justin back as the sword. Like, <laughs> Albert can swing him. Uh, that's it. I mean, there isn't. I've got to talk about Randy Orton match. Uh, it's Orton versus almost. <laughs> <laughs> Fallout. He, um, we had the uh, <laughs> we had that great WWE thing where Vince McMahon only responds to hatred as an emotion. So he probably thinks, "You ever had any friends, Vince?" Well, there was this one time in military school where some guy absolutely beat this out of me. But like, he grinned a bit when he walked away, and he looked over at my bleeding face. And I was like, "Yeah, good fight, Vinny." And I, yeah, he was probably my best friend. <laughs> so. Orton RKO in Randy Orton, uh, Matt Riddle last week is basically, and like Riddle grins a bit, he's like, I got my buddy back, that's vintage Randy, am I right, Cole? It's like, oh, I hate everything. Um, that was the point, wasn't it? It's like, it's not a turn, it's a, that's just what we do. Like, what's Orton, how is he going to use that friendship successfully? Are they going to have the tag match and like, he's going to RKO AJ and AJ's down for the count and Riddle goes to cover him and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to RKO you on top of him. So you're going to win the belts knocked out because that's that's how we do this. Like, I uh, like that. Riddle like doesn't even know he's won the belts, but then he wakes up and he's like, "I knew we were friends. This is this is this is a perfectly functional relationship. I've already proven really good at them." Um, no, like the just that's that's the angle now. Again, in contrast to the bit of credit where it's due, in contrast to the singles title match, they have dropped the hook. Orton's back. Tag title match is on. Most over team, probably the most over story on Raw, um, heading into match with genuine stakes, with consequences that will probably matter because either they actually win the belts and they get a run or we get like the split and you start working towards the tag. Like, it's not bad this and they've got to get almost the reps somehow because he is rotten. Um, and you kind of, I love Giants yeah. too. I love them. I love it when you, like what I love about Giants in wrestling is that to me, as like a legit, earnest, great Carly fan, it's really easy to sell a man that big, squashing someone's head like a watermelon, put Ric Flair in one hand and Batista in the other and just squeeze and I'll absolutely buy it. Have Rey Mysterio bite down on a condom full of Ribena and I'll buy that he's crushing his brains from within his skull. Um, they've not been smart enough with this character because they can't work out what to do with AJ Styles because the crowd just adore him. They've not just tried to babyface his act. So you've got this heel giant taking on Raw's top baby faces. And in the case of like getting a bit exposed, in truth, like it's it's not on Omos, it's on them. Um, Orton's, ugh, he's safe as houses, isn't he? Like this, he's going to take a couple of bumps. This cannot go wrong. It just might not be very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I'm morbidly looking forward to this because there's a lot of people who tell you that Randy Orton's great. Yeah, Randy Orton's the best. <sighs> This sinister sneaker. <laughs> I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the evidence because if he can get anything passable out of almost in a singles match, provided it goes to any length, like I'll, I won't say he's the best wrestler of all time because it's an absolutely preposterous thing to say, but you know, I'll, I'll bury him a little bit less than <laughs> I ordinarily do. Um, as for the storyline ramifications of this, um, look, maybe Riddle can like give him the, uh, the bro Derek to Orton. And like celebrate as if 
Then does it go? So you can give Randy Orton the bro Derek as a measure of revenge. That's how we do it. And what's Randy Orton going to do? Yeah, we might get him kicked in the head. I'm going to kick that. Killing prick is going to get his teeth kicked out. Remember that segment with the new day where it was like, oh, what do you like doing at the weekend? Oh, I like hanging out with my kids. I like playing football. Blah, blah, blah. I like crushing bones and teeth. <laughs> Weird. Let's not be friends anymore. I like crunching bones and crusting calm and shaking hands. <laughs> so I don't know why. Like, so give, give us the bro, Derek. Thanks for dropping me on my head. Come on, you finally learned something, kid. Now we can be a team. Like, that's still your dysfunctional team. It's the opposite <laughs> of teamwork. I don't get this whatsoever. Do a match. It might get rid of as a baby face. I think we care about that anyway. Uh, what next for Nikki ASH? <laughs> you got that. You got that. LTST, brother. Switching gears. Um, I don't know. I. This house show stuff is weird because I believe it completely. Um, it's a fairly one-dimensional character. WWE's audiences, even though kids absolutely warrant as much catering to, if not more, than adults, are a sophisticated bunch. Kids are sophisticated. Don't patronise children. Don't use, much like casual fans, in inverted commas, do not use children as an excuse for bad storytelling. Kids want to watch things that make total sense. That's why Disney Plus is worth its money. That's why Hey Dougie is an institution in this country. Good television and good storytelling is for all ages. Um, but what isn't happening, in slight defence of Nikki A.S.H., is that these boos somehow aren't extending to Raw. Are they just amazing at the sound sweetening? Or is she... Because I'm not seeing her getting given a lot of agency, so I'm not seeing a huge amount of reason for it to be cheered. I know she's kind of, like, managed to go 50-50 with Charlotte at this point. Um... But they're going to knowingly and intentionally book her as the champion that doesn't stand a chance against, like, who they consider the greatest of all time and a warlord in terms of Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. That's who Nikki's going to be. She's going to be the same Nikki who was celebrating beat the clock wins over the pair of them, but now she's in a cape and she's got the belt. That's exactly how they're going to book this match. Nothing is going to change course on the way to SummerSlam. Um, So if the boos aren't there now, might they just be there in Vegas? I don't know. There's, there's no juice in this fruit, man. Like, it's just not a story. You had this Rhea and Charlotte thing that was dreadful until by, like, the by like the force of will of the workers, it ended on a high because that Money in the Bank match was a ripper. But the story was the worst of the year. It was. It was the worst thing this company has done all year. N- this Nikki thing is so, like... It tried to uh, immunise itself from criticism because people like Nikki Cross, the wrestler, and like that she's had this idea and it's come to pass and it's gotten her over, probably in a way that will last longer than anything she ever would have done Nikki Cross. This is like Raw Reunion 2030 fodder, if I've ever seen it. Like, get used to talking to Ted DiBiase in that kit because that's what they're going to use <laughs> you for. Like, that, that's this stuff, isn't it, you know? Um, but they've not told a story. This is a triple threat happening because roster-wise it has to. Um, and Nikki probably, you know, I hope in a, those little pockets on a superhero game, she's got two banana skins because that's how she wins on Saturday. Hamlet, I love you, but that was a rhetorical question. Here's another <laughs> one. Um, Seamus and Damian Priest have got a matchup coming at SummerSlam. Do they build it with another match? Um, get ready for Damien Priest and John Morrison to go 10 minutes and the people to say, uh, guys, uh, Damien Priest and John Morrison have great matches. Pass it on. 
I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. Isn't it? <laughs> it's all that happens. John, Mark, oh no, actually, wait a minute. There was development last week in between the metaphorical come coming out the metaphorical dick. The Miz stood up, didn't he? Oh yes, yeah, so, uh, that was pretty good. Ran in fear of Damien Priest. So instead of Damien Priest and John Morrison, we're back to the Miz. The zombie match rematched one last time in the SummerSlam go home before Sheamus, and it's Sheamus that's going to be scared of it. Damien Priest probably wins the belt on Saturday, and much like with Nakamura. There will be babies getting thrown in the air that now is finally his time, but it, it, it won't matter. It won't matter. Ah, that's depressing because if Priest beats Sheamus, then they've already got his food lined up. And they've already seen it all year long. Ah, Christ almighty. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE. <laughs> uh, you Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at M Sedgwick again. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And uh, yeah, we're going to review this tomorrow. And I cannot wait. I just basically, I can't tell what I'm more excited for the imminent return of CM Punk or the reality that Drew McIntyre is going to do something with his sword due to the fact that it's going to be stationed at uh, ringside at SummerSlam. Let me know which one you're most interested in. <laughs> under the replies to this post on Twitter, again, at WWE, And again, we will be back with a raw review tomorrow, but until then, we will see you soon.